You're listening to the American Window Cleaning Magazine podcast, brought to you by Ettaray, the standard of performance since 1936. Hey, it's Mike Draper with AWC, and uh, we thought we'd do something a little bit different here today, kind of have a fireside chat uh, with Josh Sorrell. He's a technical rescue uh, fireman uh, here locally, and uh, what we thought would be interesting is, uh, as many of you know, the OSHA 1910 standard. Uh, contains uh, verbiage in there that says that if you're going to have a person in a rope descent system, a suspended scaffolding, or anywhere where they're going to need fall protection, there has to be an emergency rescue plan. And so I thought it'd be kind of interesting to uh, interview somebody that uh, would be coming to get you uh, if you landed in that position. So Josh, thanks for being with us today. We really appreciate uh, you taking some time and uh, kind of explaining this from uh, a rescue person's uh, point of view. Mm -hmm. Well, um, what are some things that you would like to know uh, exactly? Yeah, so um, so one of the things that uh, always comes up is uh, with this emergency rescue plan, a lot of people uh, throughout the nation really rely on the fire department as their rescue plan. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that in and of itself. Uh, but what I'd like to talk about is, let's just say a guy is on a, let's just call it a 40-story building and let's just say his main line is severed uh, with the rope descent system we use two lines so he's got his main line that he's riding he's got a backup line that for his safety so the main line severs he's hanging there by his safety maybe he's back attached to his uh, harness um, and somebody goes to the roof they see this situation and they call 911 uh, what are some of the steps or processes that uh, that that person even calling 911 should have in mind when they're going to call you Okay. Well, there's a, a lot of factors involved there too, and as you mentioned, that OSHA standard. You know, there there there's a 15 minute time frame here, and a lot of times, uh, many times, um, rescues uh, 911 is just not going to be able to make it there within that 15 minutes, or be able to get that person on the ground in that 15 minutes. You know, we have anywhere from a response from two minutes to 10 minutes. It just depends on the weather. I mean, if it's slick out and it's snowing or if it's windy or, or whatever the case uh, hopefully you don't have people on the side of a, a building when it's snowing or anything like that but it could be um, it could be that they were on another call or another fire or something like that uh, so there's a variety of factors that make uh, uh, make the time frame a little longer or shorter um, so that's that's one thing but one of the things that um, I might suggest to the people in, in your trades is that uh, make sure that when they do have to call 911 that they are, are recognizing immediately that it is an emergency and also there's a lot of things make sure that they stay on the line until the dispatcher tells them to hang up make sure they have all the information uh, such as you know the location of, of the the victim you know a possible floor that they're, they're on what side of the building that they possibly will be on and a lot of different things like that so um, the more information they can give the dispatcher as long as they stay on the phone until the dispatcher tells them to hang up, um, it's going to make it easier for the incident commander to, to make some assessments before he even gets to the scene. But uh, once they get there, there's going to be a lot of things uh, that, that a firefighter is going to want to find out. You know, Even though they may have that information from dispatch, they're still going to try and figure out, okay, you know, what floor are they on? How can I get there? You know, Because I, I need to get to the roof. I need people down here. So when they when they come down here, so you're gonna have to have plenty of apparatus and plenty of, of uh, 
resources as far as rope and rigging, all kinds of things like that. That's a great point. So, you know, a lot of people may even not be thinking about it from this standpoint. So they, they may think, okay, well, the fire department's here, he's up there, he needs rescued, and you're just going to be able to immediately run in there and do that thing. But there's a, there's a process that's got to take place. What are some things that could detour, or not detour, but delay uh, you getting him down in a timely manner once you get to the building? Well, a lot of times when we get to the building, um, uh, fire departments all over the country are very good about pre-planning buildings. Um, our department is as well. We we try to get as many of the high-rises as as well as other commercial buildings as we can so that we are familiar with them. Um, but when it comes to high-rise buildings, commercial buildings, uh, there may be work going on that, that we didn't realize had just started. So they may have a door blocked off or something like that. So it, it's, it can be very important or very helpful when we get there, if there's someone to meet us there and show us exactly how to get to the route in the quickest way possible, if we need to get to uh, not only the floor where that person may be, be hanging from, and also to the roof, um, make sure that we're not going to run into a, a door that's chained off or a stairway that's been roped off or anything like that. But um, and uh, make sure that that we have all that information while we're, uh, that we need while we're there too. Yeah, something that's going on in the industry and we're really trying to encourage more and more through safety classes and all this is that um, a person really should be wearing a, a head device, a, a helmet of some sort, uh, a rock climbing helmet or whatever when they're descending these buildings. And, um, you know, it needs more attention. It's not, it's not, everybody's not doing it yet. But can you speak to how important it would be? I mean, is it easier to rescue a guy that is unconscious or is it easier to rescue a guy that you can give some commands to and, and things like that? Well, it's much easier if, if uh, the person is conscious and, and calm, especially, and uh, are able to uh, respond to what we're talking about. Because especially if, if someone was in the, if they're just hanging, they're able to self-rescue. You know, because we find that a lot of people who are in window washing trades and things like that, they're pretty well versed in ropes and rigging and things like that and how to self-rescue. Uh, and uh, they're very good at that. And so if they're conscious and they're able to do that, that's going to be extremely helpful. But in this case that you're talking about where that line may be severed and they're just on their safety line, you know, uh, also they're, they're going to be a little bit amped up. So being able to um, respond to our, our commands or, or, or uh, being able to maybe maneuver themselves one way or another, you know, uh, hey, can you come over to this window a little bit closer? Is there a way that you can swing over or something? That, that can be helpful. So, you know, having that, that helmet rule and, and those guidelines, it, it's not there just to sell helmets. You know, it's there for our personal safety. Yeah. <clears throat> so if a guy was, um, what are some of the methods? So we see in the news a lot, maybe a suspended scaffolding goes out from underneath somebody and a safety line caught them, or it could be a mainline severing a rope descent system. But what we see in the news a lot is uh, break the window and it seems like the person is pulled in uh, from a rescue standpoint. Is that the only option or is that just one of the options that you would have when you get to a building? Yeah, that's just one of the options. I mean, we could make this, this uh, episode, uh, we could talk all day long about all different factors that, that we can run into. Um, you know, breaking a window, we're not, we're not in the business to, to destroy property like that. So. You know, that, that may be a worst case scenario where we had to break a window or take a window out because then you have to think about what's going on underneath. You know, we have crews underneath and people that maybe not, not be able to hear us or somebody that walks out of the building as, as all this glass is crashing down or a window crashes down. So, you know, that's, that we're just making the, the situation maybe a little bit more dangerous when we attempt to do something if a window doesn't come out or open freely. 
Um, but if we if we have to, we have to, you know, with, uh, with that type of situation. So, um, yeah, there there are other options where you know you can uh, uh, bring somebody down from the roof, you know, and uh, you know a lot of your window washers are trained where they may have to uh, be tied into a, a pickoff strap or something like that, and then lowered down on the the rescuer's line while keeping their their safety hooked up as well. So uh, there there's so many different ways of rescuing somebody and there's so many different factors to to think about too because if somebody was on a scaffold you know and they didn't uh, receive a a, a a static drop or something like that um, if they're if they're conscious and they're calm and it's just a motor that stopped on a scaffold and that's and they're fine you, you may have to think about you know maybe it's a colder day you know we gotta think about their health in that way but uh, it does amplify the situation if they're hanging from a harness especially from that dorsal connection on their harness because um, then you got to think about uh, suspension trauma and things like that. Yeah, so just a lot of uh, considerations. Uh, we train and teach in the window cleaning industry all the time, um, you know, self-rescue techniques, uh, pick rescue, all these different things. Is that something you would advocate to the industry to continue doing, continue to being uh, as good, at as well-trained as you possibly could be? 100%, 100%, because as I mentioned earlier, you know, when a, a victim is conscious, but uh, if they're well versed in, in the ropes and rigging and knowing how to self-rescue and, and knowing what to expect, that kind of helps them be a little more calm if that situation were to arise. But it also, you know, if if everyone on their crew is, is well versed and understands, it also helps them to understand we've got a problem here. There's there's an actual emergency going on here, you know, because we kind of joked about mm -hmm. off camera. A lot of times in the trades when somebody does something or runs into a situation we tend to take that opportunity as to mess with them a little bit so you don't want to you know be looking up at somebody see that somebody's stuck from their harness say hey how's the weather or up there or something like that recognize it's a real emergency that they need to get down as soon as possible because even though somebody may be fine and, and they feel fine if they're hanging from a harness you know within that 15 minute period they could be unconscious they could be in full rest by the time that 15 minutes windows is closed so they need to get down as soon as possible. Yeah. Josh, I really appreciate you being on today. It really reemphasizes uh, the things that we train in the industry. Uh, it's just nice to get a perspective from the guy that's coming to get you off the building. Uh, and it sounds like that perspective is very similar to what we're training and saying all the time is, hey, you know, you need a plan. You need a rescue plan. You need to train, train, train. Uh, wear your helmet. Have all these things in place. And so it's just nice to get all that reinforced from, from the guy that's coming to rescue you. So yeah, I appreciate you. you being on board. All right. Very good. Thank all you. All right. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please uh, feel free to subscribe and also leave a review. And you can read us anytime at awcmag.com.